0: Are we recording? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Joe made us some nice tea. Yeah. Not iced tea. It's hot and it's nice. Joe's just slowly stirring. The aromatics are lifting. Mm. Now he's sipping. (laughs) Was that sip,
1: It was, uh, it was simply splendid. European, I want to be a kiwi. I want to be in the Lord of the Rings or any movie. Hey, hey, don't move away. Hey, everyone. Joe here. You're listening to the sixth episode of Like for Like, a podcast where my friends and I talk to some interesting people about what it means to be a creator in the world of social media. My co-host today is Jonathan. Yep. (laughs) On this episode, Nicholas Cole, illustrator and concept artist, will be joining us. But first, how's it going, Jonathan? It's going good. Um, I just slurred that whole sentence. How's it going, Jonathan?
0: Well, now you're talking like me. Um, (laughs) I told you earlier I I had surgery, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, I guess I might as well share this, uh, this, the medication that gave me Mm -hmm. makes me like, makes it so you can't poop. Yeah. Um, and I've only had that happen twice Uh since like the past 10 days and the, well, the toilet's clogged and I broke the plunger (laughs) (laughs) and so I wanted to share not so much that. But uh, I text my dad to let him know, I was like, we need a new plunger. Like I did some stuff to the toilet. <laughs> and my dad responds, like, I told him, I'm sorry. And then his response is, no guilt, no shame, love you, son. <laughs>
1: That's a good dad right there. That is.
0: No guilt, no shame, love you, son.
1: <laughs> That's perfect.
0: Also, you got to see uh, Gambino.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got to see uh, Childish on Sunday. It it was an amazing show. It really sucked because uh, four of the songs that I was really looking forward to hearing, um, Sober, 3005, oh, what else was there? Sweatpants and something else. I'm going to be mad at... Future Joe is going to be like, why why can't you think of it? Um, but there was another song, a fourth song. But all four of those songs were supposed to be his uh, like big encore, which was going to be like this huge Closer performance part of the show and uh, apparently he had injured himself like a couple weeks or a month or two prior uh, he had like an ankle injury or something like that and uh, during this is america which is the which was the uh the first sort of close air closer, closer you know, before it was supposed to go into the intermission and then the encore. Uh, apparently, he, like, exacerbated or, or sort of reactivated that oh. injury. So he wasn't able to perform the encore, which really sucked because everybody was expecting an encore, and, like, the audience, like, just sort of hung out in the stadium for quite a while afterwards. And yeah. uh, Because you have a bunch of just, like, standard... <laughs> white texans um, <laughs> filling the stadium in dallas uh naturally it turned into a bunch of people doing the wave and like silly chants and stuff like that, just waiting for Gambino to come back.
0: Just try everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was uh, that was interesting, but eventually they had to come on the the PA and and be like, uh, the show is over. Everybody can please leave. <laughs> and it was it was sad. But no. It, but the performance itself was uh, was phenomenal. Childish is an amazing performer, and the the like. The combination of the like lights and everything on stage, and the uh, audio performance that he gave was just uh, absolutely spectacular. I, I don't view a lot of, I don't go to a lot of stadium shows. Like I'm typically a sort of like bar venue person. Mm-hmm. Like I typically see smaller bands or even bigger bands in in like more intimate settings. But this, uh, if if. If I could guarantee that every stadium show was going to be as good as this one, uh, I might see more stadium shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: I, I don't remember the last stadium show I went to. I think the last band I saw was Circus Survive at uh, the Mohawk. Yeah? Yeah. It was a good one. That was like
1: Man, it's been six a while. years ago. <laughs> that's that's uh, at least the second time that the Mohawk has come up in an episode. Yeah,
0: I finally yeah. listened to the episode with you and Sharky. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't part of that. Um <laughs> Yeah, what, what's your deal with the Mohawk? What do you got against the Mohawk?
1: I don't, I don't have anything personally against the Mohawk. I've just had a couple uh, subpar experiences with it compared to other venues uh, in Austin. Uh, there's nothing, nothing technically wrong with the Mohawk, and and like I said in the episode with Starkey, they have uh, improved quite a bit over the years. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just calling calling it out right now. Uh, that the Mohawk is uh, is a good venue. Uh, I just I just tend to prefer uh, Stubbs myself. We're never going to get to you know perform there now. <laughs> just never. We're never going to get to do a live podcast at, at the Mohawk. I can't express to you how much more I enjoy doing these podcasts with uh, the other person in the room. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what it is, uh, but it's it's just nice.
0: It's a lot of visual cues we can pick up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely talk with my hands a lot. I mm-hmm. I have to try not to to do that. Like I have to try specifically to stop moving <laughs> whenever
0: <laughs> whenever we're doing this. I I can also tell when you're getting really angry at me. <laughs> I know I know I see you. I see the
1: anger behind your eyes.
0: <laughs> and I can't really pick that up over uh Skype, so Yeah. It's better to be in a room and no one knows mad at me.
1: Yeah, cuz cause, cause my voice sounds like I'm just smiling all the time. Yeah. But or like on eyes. the verge of laughing, but your my eyes—say a different story. Yeah, they're the the windows to the soul, and and that soul is a is a deep black pit of hatred. What did I do to you? You you hurt me in a very deep way that I will never explain.
0: Speaking of deep pain <laughs> or deep hurt, <laughs> I had surgery too.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just about to I was just about to <laughs> yeah. ask about that.
0: I, I can't pronounce it right. It's a pilodinol, pi, polydolinol. If we have a med guy or a med girl, uh, they probably know how to pronounce it properly. But uh, I had like a yes, poly, polygonal cyst. My, my polygonal cyst. Uh, <laughs> basically, right where my tailbone, and it hurt a lot. Got it removed, and I'm pretty much out of work for three weeks. So can't yeah, because my job's very physical, and I can't do any squats. Yeah, so
1: it sucks uh, massively.
0: It does, but I also hate my job. <laughs> it's it's conflicting. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's been uh, that's been interesting uh, because I wasn't expecting to take an entire week off of work. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I mean, my job isn't bad, but yeah. it's also not something I love doing as much as like uh art and the podcast and stuff like that so yeah. having an entire week of uh literally not doing anything and then like you know a couple of days like the next couple days is just going to be me doing art and editing the podcast and stuff like that instead <laughs> of being at work it, it has made me realize how how badly i want to be doing this kind of thing
0: yeah but now um i could even draw uh for, like the first week because I can't, couldn't even sit down yeah um so I mostly stood up around stood up a lot and ate things cooked, made food and <laughs> that's then, so
1: terrible yeah. I can't imagine just like I'm a person who stands up a lot mm-hmm. but I can't imagine just standing up literally all day
0: oh it's not too bad yeah I, I mean I usually do stand up but, yeah uh, having it as the only option you know but yeah I did go ahead and Watch some Netflix. I, I usually don't watch any movies or like actually sit down and do stuff. Nice. I mean, actually sit down and not do stuff. <laughs> so I watched uh, Jurassic Park again and the second one and Good. Pumpkinhead. I
1: watched. What is Pumpkinhead? I don't think I'm familiar with that one.
0: It's a it's a Stan Winston film. Uh, there's a demon called punk Pumpkinhead.
1: Interesting. <laughs> okay. And he uh kills people. For some reason, I'm getting. Oh, what is that? Uh, what? what is that uh the horseman the yeah. headless horseman thing uh the
0: headless uh, horseman
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i mean the <laughs> the name of the actual uh... uh sleepy hollow yes yeah yeah i'm in, getting in sleepy Bob hollow Crane. vibes from yeah. from that
0: uh uh it's well he's a demon okay uh i don't know his true backstory but uh it's <laughs> called pumpkin head because he is risen from the pumpkin patch grave oh okay
1: yeah. okay is this like your standard, um, like late eighties, early nineties horror film where it's yes, like a late eighties, <laughs> like a like an Indian burial burial ground? Uh, Col- mm,
0: not Indian burial burial ground, but uh, like a backwoodsy folk burial ground.
1: Ah, uh, okay, yeah, okay. So just general and generic, like somebody who hated somebody was murdered. I think so. Yeah. Ages ago, or there, or there was just a general evil yeah. presence here, and so now
0: there is a witch involved.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, people, people summon Pumpkinhead to uh, get revenge on someone, and uh, some teenagers killed this uh, convenience store clerk's uh, son with uh, dirt bikes. Okay. I don't. We I don't really know why good. they just started like riding the dirt bikes around because they're like, this seems like a cool place to stop and ride dirt bikes, and so they do that and they kill their kid by accident. <laughs> and so uh, did, the dad goes something. Did he uh, like
1: fall or something, and they ran over him? Uh, he he ran after his dog,
0: and like the motorcyclists were going around on the drip bikes, and mm. then uh, they went over a hill, and they have one guy avoided the boy, and the other guy that was drunk because he was drinking while driving, and he was mm. like really broy to his girlfriend, like he hit he hits and kills the kid.
1: <laughs> it's a story of of hubris and decadence becoming the downfall of an innocent at the hands of of a. Terrible center. Yep. Do we need to do some more ASMR real quick? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: mm. <sighs> yeah, the one movie that's on there that I really liked, I've already seen, which is The Void, and has a wonderful. I love the monsters in that in that film. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch The Void. Gets a little bit like B movie towards the end, but yeah. uh, other than that, like it's a good movie. I liked it. <laughs>
1: Uh, is it B movie in the sense that like Jerry Seinfeld shows up and starts just like making random
0: no um, dumb puns? You, you know, uh, watch the movie for yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'll have to find out.
0: I'm kind of surprised. There's like a there's like a thread of movies that of animated movies that exist that I feel that shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's the B movie and there's Megamind. You Holy Megamind? crap! I forgot that Megamind
1: existed. Yeah, yeah, wasn't that great of a movie. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened in that movie. Uh, now I'm questioning if I ever, if I actually watched the whole thing, or if I, I just saw clips.
0: I don't even remember who made it. I feel like DreamWorks made it, but I don't really know. It's it seems like a DreamWorks thing. Yeah, but like like the B movie and Mega Mind, like you have like ex love interests, mm-hmm. and they all look the same. It's like white girl, short hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I'm going to forget this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need your love interest to at least be like some sort of anthropomorphic animal or maybe you do an original story that doesn't have to involve a romantic interest. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, uh, again, I was watching much Netflix because I was on my ass or mm-hmm. on, on my side, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a new show called a dragon's prince or the dragon prince.
1: I saw that and yeah. I have, I have not tried it out yet.
0: It's okay. Um, yeah. it's made by the same people that made avatar. Oh, okay. Um, and in that, there's no love interest, and it was really fun to watch, like a fantasy movie with like series with no love interest, and it was just like adventure, and that's all it was. I really like that aspect of it.
1: That's really cool. I wonder why that's so uncommon. Like, why is it why is it so hard to, especially in an animated series, like tap into some sort of character development that doesn't revolve around a love interest? Because even in Avatar, like, mm-hmm. I I fucking loved the the first. You know Avatar: The Last Airbender, yeah. but the the series largely revolves around. Uh, and obviously, there are going to be people out there that disagree with me on this, but a lot of Aang's character development revolves around trying to impress Katara, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, like just trying to get with Katara in some way.
0: I think it's also the market that they're aiming at. I'm like, think about it: like teenagers are probably the the targeted audience.
1: Yeah, this is true.
0: They're going to have crushes really bad and everything, so.
1: Yes, making it relatable for that that viewing audience. I mean, I guess designing something for your intended audience is ideal. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Jonathan has just been making the Skype noises. Uh, hi, Nick or Nicholas. How's it going? It's good. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> oh,
2: gosh. I just had such an experience with Skype trying. It was one of those real like uh, reset your password. Oh, you can't use a password you've already used. Like, oh,
1: my oh, gosh. No. like goodness.
2: I, I went through three different passwords and they were like, you can't use that one. You already did. I'm like, then why didn't you let me sign in to begin with?
0: <laughs> Anyways, that's rough. Like, because that's what I was typing as well. Yeah, like now you have to think of either remember that password for Instagram. Now you're like, that's not at all like the the password I have for everything else.
2: Oh my gosh, I don't even I have no idea
0: what my Instagram <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah
1: yeah like I haven't had to type this in in three years. That's good seriously. So uh, so yeah, what have, what have you been up to? Uh, you said you were you were traveling on the East Coast last we talked.
2: Yeah, actually, I'm back. Uh, so this is where I was just most recently living. Um, mm-hmm. in my recent but previous life as a bachelor and uh I am back with my wife now for uh to for to meet my nephew uh <laughs> my, my sister just had her second kid so we're here to say hi
1: nice well See congratulations what... to her also congratulations yeah. on the wedding
2: oh thank you yeah that's uh, it's great it's uh, it's pretty recent we're just over two months married so
0: nice, nice. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome
1: Yeah. So uh, for, for those of our our listeners who may not be like directly familiar with your work or who may be familiar with your work, but not know that you worked on it. Can you tell the people out there uh, what, what are the sort of uh, highlights uh, that that you've worked on in the past as far as like character design and, and your illustration work?
2: So I am most recently of sort of Spyro, and the Reignited Trilogy, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been great. So I've, I've been doing character design for Toys for Bob as a freelancer uh, for the, the whole sort of Reignited Trilogy, which has been really a, a dream come true. Yeah. Um, sort of working backwards from there, um, I was a production designer on an animated short based on some young adult uh, novels called The Wingfeather Saga, which mm-hmm. um, has been a really fun project uh a couple indie games recently uh, sleep tight which is out on the nintendo switch so i did a bunch of character design for the uh, kids with nerf guns fighting under the bed monsters yeah. um i did uh, a bunch of character concept design for soundfall which uh is a upcoming indie game that's making the rounds at uh, sort of the conventions right now mm-hmm. uh and uh, before that, Dawngate, uh with sort of EA games and a sub studio called Waystone. Um, and I did sort of the web comic that accompanied the MOBA game Gate, which was a really fun kind of project to tackle. Cool. Um, Shardbound, which was a sort of strategy collectible game that was out on Steam and sort of a beta state for a bit. And um, and my my. Sort of origin story involves me being uh, part of a company called Thirty Eight Studios right out of school, and they were working on a project Copernicus, which was this intended to be sort of a uh, wow killer MMO project back in the day. That uh, just you know sure did kill wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as we all. Know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Something uh, that big uh, yeah, that's... often turns out to be pretty hard to take down. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You might find that your entire company of three hundred people just sort of collapses in the effort.
1: Damn. Yeah, yeah. Watch out.
2: We pulled a real telltale. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seriously. In fact, actually, one of the the biggest tweets to come out of the telltale thing uh, was by my friend, uh, my good dear friend Brandon, um, who was also an alumni of the sinking of Thirty Eight Studios and right. laid off by Harmonix in sort oh. of the cutbacks harmonic. So a lot of a lot of folks, really talented folks, by no fault of their own, have gone on from sort of collapse to collapse um, yeah.
1: over time. Well the gaming industry and like animation in general is pretty volatile, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah can be. Well that's cool. I mean you've worked on a lot of uh, a lot of really cool stuff. I think the most recent one that I've seen a lot of like posts about on your your Instagram because you're pretty active on there has been related to Soundfall. How cool is it to see people like cosplaying characters that you either concept designed or like? <laughs> yeah,
2: very cool. I mean, a, a complete dream come true. If you're a character designer, I think it's uh, a lot of our dream to make something that people want to cosplay you know that's just always been like a weird little mm-hmm. sort of quiet ambition of mine is just like i just want to design something that somebody somewhere sees and it's like yes i i too want to dedicate my time uh <laughs> and effort to <laughs> to creating this but yeah. what was funny and i didn't anticipate was actually meeting people in these costumes it was amazing and i was like i got chills i was just like this big stupid fanboy about it
1: that's so but funny. i was
2: also just immediately embarrassed <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> Everything that I had made them try and figure out in the design, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I was thinking about the boots. I'm so sorry. They were like, Yeah, what the heck? I was like, I have no idea. It's like a double
1: helix, and oh gosh, pretty. Uh... Like I'm sorry, I, I just really wanted people to three D print everything. Yeah. Oh well,
2: actually, what was funny is that one of so there were two two cosplayers um, as two different characters, and one of them had sort of hand crafted each piece, mm-hmm. and the other had actually makes uh, sort of a, a go. Each time of 3D printing directly from game models, so mm. the pieces of her costume for the Melody character specifically were based on the in-game sculpt of the character, which was pretty cool. I never seen that.
1: That before. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. One thing
0: I was looking at the uh, the Soundfall characters and your design work for that, and one thing that stuck out that was really cool to see was a uh, taking something that isn't visual and trying to sort of abstractly make a visual language with it and then imply mm. it as like a motif inside your characters and the the bosses and the monsters. It's just really cool. And how was that process of uh, trying to figure that out? How did that work out?
2: So that's that's like my favorite part of the whole project. And actually almost any project um, is exactly what you just described, but with was soundfall. <laughs> so for people who don't, know about it it's a it's a game where uh music is the big theme um in in more ways than one and so the the gameplay revolves around music the environments and characters that you're fighting it's kind of a a bullet hell kind of survival shooter uh that's probably not all the right words i feel like it probably
1: (laughs) those are some buzzwords that can apply to it (laughs) yeah
2: here's the peppering of buzzwords i'm pouring out um (laughs) Uh, it's a roguelike uh, like <laughs> roller or procedurally a, uh...
1: generated <laughs> so that's
2: actually the, the the yeah procedurally generated to the music um, is a big part of the gameplay and then the environment and the characters do interact with the music you're playing as you're as you're playing um mm-hmm. and so it's also part of the fiction and the sort of shape of the world and the designs uh, of the characters within it are all sort of intrinsically musical. And so that was just this really cool task of trying to take musical notation, instrument shapes, and just I just had a ton of fun just kind of sitting with that for a couple days as I started the project and doing a bunch of research into, yeah, like what are some great iconic shapes that we associate with instruments? What are some uh, ways that people sort of historically annotated or notated music? Written down music, you know, like it is, you know, it is abstract, but um, a lot of different cultures have found all these different ways of like trying to transcribe it. And I looked into like Arabic music, um, Mm -hmm. sort of notations and stuff, which like I didn't use much of that because I think with the sort of uh, audience we're working with, uh, sort of Western American indie games kind of space, that there's the, you know, the clefts and sort of the traditional European style play much more iconically. Yeah. Um, so I tried to find all kinds of ways to uh, just riff and find, you know, turn each sword into something that looked like it could equally be, you know, like an electric violin. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at like there's a character, Bright, who's primarily pink, she's got like a kind of a crop top with a cat skull on it.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. no,
2: the cat was an option. I did a cat version, but it's actually I think the skulls, the final. Uh, design but the skull is composed if you look closely of different musical notes sort of flipped around and abstracted
1: oh' nice uh, yeah
2: so little things like that were fun
0: to hide throughout the the designs absolutely it's always becomes kind of a uh, like a little inside joke for the artist You're like I want to put this little star here and but like it's gonna be on the top of the hood and no one else will see it but I'll know it's there <laughs> <laughs> well that was what was
2: particularly wild about seeing the cosplayers uh in in the flesh it was just like I had Somewhat arbitrarily put this triangle on the beanie that the character wears because it looked cool. Because it did <laughs> sort of have to do with musical notation, but also just like, oh yeah, just put this like little. It, to to me, it was the work of like ten seconds near the very end of the design, and then here was this person <laughs> who had like stitched it into a beanie. Um, <laughs> That's like a really humbling experience. You start to realize like, oh man, I really need to like, <laughs> like double check or, you know, make sure I'm applying my full like attention to every detail of these things. Cause...
1: Yeah, you, even those sort of like autonomous natural flourishes that you throw in in the last steps of design become like ev- every detail is important to somebody like a cosplayer.
2: Exactly. They become canon, you know, and and that's, yeah, uh, yeah. it can be very humbling.
1: As somebody who who. Is really active on social media um, and who works on a lot of projects. I, I know you can't always share the stuff you're working on. Do you have any tips or just sort of general information out there that you think people need to know? Uh, people who are getting into illustration or like freelance work and stuff like that, f- when it comes to posting on social media.
2: Mm. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it's it's such a it's such a weird thing because I I was talking to somebody else about this recently, realizing that. I kind of grew up, I, I caught it right as it was also coming onto the scene. So I was yeah beginning to mature and become ready to sort of post and share my work and start to get out there professionally. And as that was happening, like all of the social media that's now just such a uh, sort of firmly established um, canon again uh, yeah. is, you know, was all just like new. And, 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 you know, my college class was the first year ever to use Facebook and, you know, and so on and so on from there and, and Twitter and, you know, all these sort of different things started to happen. And so I, I think now it's it's weird because I think people have this idea that there's a, a single best way to, to do this. And there are indeed like ways that people have figured it out and are, are figuring out how to get the most out of each platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really guess and check for, for me and <laughs> a lot of my peers. You know, It was just like, oh, uh, you know, we'll try this out and see if people respond to, oh, nope, nope, nobody likes that, you know? Um, Yeah. And so it was like news to me to, you know, to discover over the course of years that like, oh yeah, fan art. (laughs) Like people really (laughs) like fan art. I don't know. There's so many different, different subtopics. Like fan art, for instance, is a really interesting one because I don't like to make or do that in sort of a cynical, manipulative way. Like, I, if I make fan art, it's because I'm really jazzed. You know, I'm really excited about something. Yeah. Uh, but it also is true that that plays uh, often a lot better than sort of original strange concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been an interesting sort of journey to just sort of figure out what, how the audience responds to different designs and, and why. And I, I think that one of my main takeaways from that is that a drawing of Harry Potter is going to connect with so many more people because J.K. Rowling somewhere did all the many years of hard work to make that character matter to people? Yeah, uh, and build the context for that universe and and for that work. And so when you draw something from you know from somebody else's sort of standing on the shoulders of the the giant of somebody else's life's work, mm-hmm. of course, like it's going to get more play because people are going to recognize it, see it. Oh, I love that. I get that. I have all these powerful feelings attached to that. Uh, and I think that's why like a lot of nostalgia kind of stuff in general with our current sort of media landscape plays so well. And so often, uh, is because it's a, it's a direct line to, uh, people's feelings in that way. And it's a lot harder to get people's attention when it's just, your own original design out of nowhere and yeah. it, it mm. kind of should be i think actually
1: yeah and that's even fed by by sort of the algorithm like uh, the use of hashtags and like in mm. places like instagram and youtube and just google search like documenting your interests like you're you're going to be more likely to see fan art of of from an artist that you don't follow than you know that artist's original work because that's what's going to show right. up in your ads and stuff like that
2: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's 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 just we it's easy to get jilted about that and to sort of mm. feel like, oh, nobody cares about my original vision. Um, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, nobody does. <laughs> like Yeah. It's your job to make them care. That's it's always been the case,
1: you know? That's a very good point. And
2: I think if JK Rowling had been in her like sitting on a subway writing, you know, Harry Potter is a wizard boy who goes to a school sometimes, like mm-hmm on Napkin's phase and just posted that on Instagram, no one would care. And yeah. why should they, you know? So I, I think like not getting angry at your audience
1: <laughs> yeah. is a
2: big, a big factor.
1: Why does everybody only like my fan art? Yeah,
2: because other people worked really hard to make them care and, and you know, just the beginning of that journey for me and for a lot of other people with our own ideas too.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really important perspective on that.
0: Uh, speaking of fan art, are are you a fan of Spyro the Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the good news
2: about Spyro? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I am actually a, a big fan, and was uh, it was one of those like very earliest, uh, well, certainly earliest PlayStation games for pretty much all of us. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, for me, like a just the right kind of. I think I probably was like eleven or something. And my sister was a little bit younger, and we both played it together on the PS1 Mm
1: -hmm.
2: back in the day. And it just struck me as one of those, like, colorful, charming, kind of sort of slightly surreal games um, uh, that I really just, I I loved that at the time and and had such a, like, yeah, just like a fond childhood association. So when I did get the opportunity to hop on board, I was just, just amped.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Was it a little hard to like calm down or were you just very much at the beginning of it, just able to approach it like any other job?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. I think that, um, hmm, calming down is not always the, ah, man, <laughs> let me think about that before I just no run my mouth. That's off. okay. I, yeah.
1: I th- there's, that, that is a, a weighty question.
2: Sure. I, I think that like my job was not to calm down. Um, yeah and i I've tried to just stay hyped um as much as I can about that and re revisit and try and sort of protect that excitement throughout mm-hmm. the development process and 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 concepting uh, because that's that's great. I think that's what makes good sort of designs work for people is if the artist is excited about it, it's a lot easier for other people to get excited about it, too. And you can kind of sense it, I think, in the work. That if you're jazzed, like, and, and if you're not, it's really, uh, I don't know, it's a lot to ask of, like, an audience to be excited about something. You were just like, Meh. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Just yeah. a gig.
1: Yeah, with with something as important as creating uh, characters, especially if they're going to be central to a game or a story, yeah, you can't exactly phone that in. Yeah. Mm. I've had
0: instructors, uh, I think Nate Ragg, for example, uh, he's an artist for DreamWorks right now, but when he went to go work for Pixar first time, you kind of had to, like, know step into the studio and just like just be overwhelmed by like oh I'm in Pixar now <laughs> like he had just removed mm. that fanboyism of himself out he's like yeah. this is a job I needed to the job <laughs> yeah yeah so like it's, I, it's interesting hearing from like a different person's perspective on that
1: yeah
2: there's a balance I think that that is at different times you need
0: different things
2: you know and, and for me uh, I'm actually at a place where like that hype is a little harder to drum up hmm. Um because I've seen so many like companies collapse and so much kind of go down with, yeah, just like the media landscape and and mm-hmm. as you just get older, it's it's harder to capture those moments of just like genuine excitement. But I think at the same time, it's it, what your professor said is, is so true in the sense that like, you need to have your wits about you. You need to be able to think clearly Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and go in, especially for companies, I think with like the project itself maybe it's easier for me to get hyped than it is to get excited about like a brand um or a, a company as, as a whole or you know just the idea of like i, I if i come into starry-eyed i mm-hmm. know i stand to be taken advantage of you know uh, yeah and I, that's a that's a that's a delicate dance to do because you don't want to like lose that sense of optimism but you also want to make sure that like you're reading your contracts really closely.
1: And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, finding that balance between eagerness and professionalism.
2: Yeah, because the bigger the brand, like the they know that they're big, you know, like most mm-hmm. clients that I've had that are are really big are are very aware, you know that they are and that you know they can kind of negotiate from that space and it's important to remember like no I also have worth, you know, like I, Yeah, you know, and advocate for, you know, your your basic, you know, workers' rights and just kind of like where, <laughs> you know, where you come in without sort of begging for it. You know, just yeah. be like, yes, I, I do deserve to be here because I'm going to do the job to the best of my ability.
0: That's like another, like something about your portfolio, just seeing of all the companies you've worked for, which are all huge names. And I'm thinking, I'm like, did you, did he did he, <laughs> he ever imagine working for all these different studios? Um, like, how did you go from working in a studio and then just going to freelancing. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I've described it before as like my, like, Batman's parents in an alley kind of uh, <laughs> moment because that, like, that first gig with 38 Studios um, was uh, so so complicated in so many ways. I was there for a couple of years, and the studio itself was full of people who were really optimistic and really ran in a, in a big way on... Um, people's enthusiasm and mm-hmm. I think that game studios like that can sometimes in a slightly predatory way kind of use that enthusiasm like batteries to sort of like get them to where they're going and <laughs> uh that means that people are burning out and that overtime is being mm-hmm. you know put in and not necessarily being compensated for and mm-hmm. um yeah just like a lot of like you you know be part of the team get hyped get get excited um, it was run by a, a pro sport, a former pro sports kind of uh, guy who founded the whole thing, and and so like the locker room talk kind of uh, oh, yeah. by which I by which I mean like the the bottom of the ninth kind of locker room speeches, the like uh-huh. you know we're gonna get in there and we're gonna make a game and we're gonna kill World of Warcraft, like oh, that was just so, <laughs> such a huge part of the culture there, and wound up just feeling like so bitter when it all fell apart. Yeah um because you had just pumped all that into this project and then it just it went nowhere and, and everything was locked down forever. And and so that like I was living paycheck to paycheck at the time. I had no concept of like the <laughs> you know, long term planning and mm-hmm. money and and I was also being paid like, you know, sort of the very entry level salary that, you know, I sort of just deserved at the time. I was just some greenhorn out of college. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was rough. It was a really rough part of my early career to suddenly be kind of shipwrecked. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't want to throw the word traumatic around lightly, but there was something like trauma in that. Mm. It was just like, oh, this idea, this like, you know, you go from middle school, like, oh my gosh, games and movies, and, you know, oh my gosh, to <laughs> high school and then even into college with this sort of wide-eyed sense of, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. Oh, if I can only get in. And then you get in and there's a whole other set of questions.
1: That <laughs> yeah, the reality ask. is yeah, is suddenly in front of you.
2: For real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was really, I mean, just to bring that to a short <laughs> close, like I started freelancing pretty much immediately after that and just realized that. You know, I think I, I would stand a better chance of staying stable if yeah. I wasn't putting all my eggs in one basket. Thank
1: Which you. seems counterintuitive conceptually, but that makes a lot, of, a lot of sense when you explain it that way.
2: Does it? The, counterintuitive how? I'm, I'm curious.
1: Well, I just mean, uh, like, in in other industries, I mean, me personally, I don't have experience in, in the games or uh, animation industries. In other industries, uh, workers who are more... Uh, hired hired on a more contract basis or who are freelance uh, there's a general perception of that being less stable work
2: yeah that was always so wild to me yeah
1: yeah Where, whereas in, in this one particular case you make a very good point that 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 is in fact that can in fact often be more stable because uh you're sort of you're the only factor to worry about in that equation you're you're not worrying about the stability of uh, other employees or or superiors around you yeah Yeah, no, that's that's
2: pretty much it. And you know, it's a it's a roll of the dice, and it all is. I think that maybe my decision to do freelance was just an acknowledgement of these these are the realities, and I'd rather face them more directly than go in with a maybe a slightly false sense of security. You know? Yeah. And that's you know, so far it's been really that's been really good, and it's kept me flexible, and I've been able to travel, and actually like met my wife, and was able to date
1: <laughs> for several
2: hey. years uh because she lived on the other side of the continent that's crazy uh yeah via instagram
0: actually we met, we met <laughs> via instagram.
1: that's awesome well jonathan you want you want to ask the jonathan question oh
0: i okay so i have a question <laughs> i i ask everyone that comes on the show and i find this to be a really important question because it's something that i think really opens up a person so the question <laughs> is outside of art what is it that you like to do, something that you find peace in or just something that you like to create? Like what, what is the thing that you find yourself enjoying that isn't art? Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah.
2: That's a good Jonathan question. Thank um, you.
0: So, the fact is I have to really think
2: about it. <laughs> no
1: problem. <laughs> That's okay.
2: So much of my life is doing this thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that I just, I really, I enjoy travel a great deal. Mm-hmm. and i find that i really uh recharge when i get up and out of my very sort of specific limited space and that's definitely like it's a privilege to be able to get up and do that and i'm i'm really grateful when i am able to and i've saved up enough or you know things just align and an offer comes through to to go someplace else but i think i'm i was raised traveling a lot um and moving from place to place and uh I think that it just really like I just feel so at peace uh, behind the wheel of a car or like in an airplane, heading somewhere, where I'm not really sure what to expect on the other end.
1: <laughs> uh, that's cool.
2: And so that that's always like my my favorite like moments of just like brainstorming and coming up with new ideas. It does sort of feed back into the art thing in that way. I'll come sort of on the road, kind of like a lot of people describe being in their shower. Mm-hmm. You know sort of having those shower thoughts uh for me it's like often like road thoughts (laughs) yeah and so you know my my wife and i like are you know we met online like i mentioned and i I did a lot of back and forth traveling and that in and of itself was just a really fun adventure to go back and forth across the country yeah i can imagine Um, yeah and 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 we're currently here sort of meet my nephew and then we're heading to nashville for a, a conference down there that i'm really excited about and. Those things just make me sort of remember, like, oh my gosh, there are people who live different lives that have nothing to do with you know like yeah, art station or Instagram, or you know like they just have no idea what the drama is about yeah you know, such and such a character design <laughs> or such and such a video game and and that's such a re- that's just a, a big relief um, <laughs> yeah, got to take like the time around the wedding off afterwards and and you know kind of honeymoon and just take time away from art for the first time in a couple of years and that just ruled <laughs> <laughs> i think that that pausing and ceasing to draw is about as important a career thing you know in the long run as the actual drawings
0: thank you for sharing that because again like talking about things we do outside of art usually does feedback into art mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not trying to name drop i'm just talking about why I asked that question. Um, <laughs> you're the first character designer to have on the show. That isn't me. <laughs> um, so I, one of my uh, instructors, Daniel Holland, who works for Pixar, he told us to make sure that we experience things outside of art, like find another passion, just because eventually it might become a, there might come a day where you no longer have that passion in art and you need to still enjoy life. So one of his things was uh, trains like he he loves trains he loves model mm-hmm. trains real trains and yeah. uh that actually fed in to his work for wally like he wasn't really interested in robots but he did take <laughs> a lot of his knowledge of trains and put that <laughs> back into it that's so it's cool. just that's so good yeah so it's a really good thing and just experience things outside of art
2: totally true i mean another thing i would be remiss to to, to leave out too is that like my I, you know, my, my faith has been a huge part of my life and journey, and so like my connections to, uh, yeah, just people, part of a like community of faith, like a church and just mm-hmm. a community of people like going to deeper places in conversation together has yeah. been just huge um, consistently. And again, just like a touchstone of reminding me like, oh yeah, like there's more than just like, ah, oh, <laughs> should they have horns or like really buckly <laughs> boots, you know? That's, That's cool. You know, I, it does feed back in
0: you know for sure it's good to remember that there's a world outside of this like what's in front of us
2: yeah exactly totally yeah. totally it's really funny to to imagine to like as a designer and as somebody so entrenched in this effort like to encounter people and really i think it's only recently i have been able to like step out of my own stupid head and start to be realize like yeah maybe this only touches their life like for 5 minutes in like a week you know where yeah. they're like oh I saw that movie and that looked pretty cool. And was <laughs> you know? And then the rest of the like whole seven days of their week is just caught up with entirely other things. And for, for me, it's like I spent two months on that, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there are a couple of different ways you could go with that. I guess you could make uh, everything as important as you, as you, as you think it could possibly be and make it like the most attractive thing uh, where it's going to consume all of their attention Or you can just uh, (laughs) go for the lowest common denominator, just sort of. (laughs) I
2: I think it's important, like, to allow people the space to, like, get up and and walk away from your work, too. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, I think that there's, like, games and and ways of thinking about and strategizing about, like, creating uh, even animation, like, just wanting to, like, like when you're targeting fandoms, you know, and you're really trying to dial in like, yeah, we want those cosplayers. We want that that fan energy. We want like a, a ongoing drip of content that they're never going to be able to, like, you know, turn off.
1: And <laughs> Yeah.
2: Philosophically, I'm just so into like, you know, maybe not. Maybe it's <laughs> like a little thing that you're happy and you walk away and you think about it like a, a year later and you're like, that was
1: nice. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not everything needs to be another fandom.
2: Sure. Or like cinematic universe, right?
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god uh yeah definitely that cool well um did you have anything you wanted to uh you wanted to shout out or anything before we before we let you go anything you think people out there should uh, be paying attention to oh yeah
2: heck yeah shout out to hilda on netflix right now
1: oh, I agree. A... oh
2: lord <laughs> that's so cool. it's so good <laughs> um, erica my my wife and i have just have been watching it slowly kind of like we we've been trying not to binge it all at once it's kind of the charlie and the chocolate factory like savoring yeah. one bit of it at a time but it's just it's really charming and very beautifully made um it's definitely hilda on netflix very cool
1: well we'll be sure to uh we'll, we'll post all your links in the show notes and everything uh to your instagram and your art station and all that and jonathan did you have something else
0: i i heard on the right here your your uh, wife also does art too she does yeah where oh can, yeah where can we find her work <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, Uh, so uh, Erica Schnellert, uh, so she goes by Erkshnert online, (laughs) so that's uh, at E-R-K-S-H-N-R-T. Nice. Um, And uh, I've tagged her a couple times in some recent posts, so she's probably a little easy to find through my account as well, but she does uh, storyboard work and uh, design and and just really beautiful sort of uh, sketches and illustration stuff as well. So
0: Nice. Cool. All respect for storyboard artists. I don't know how they do it. (laughs) For real, seriously. I had no
2: idea until I met her and started to really understand, like, you do how many drawings a day? It's crazy. Crazy.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy, that that amount of output. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for talking with us. Uh, That was really fun. For sure. Like, Thanks for having me on.
0: Seriously, yeah. thank you. This was fun.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll have an awesome evening. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, hope so. Cheers, okay. guys. Later, man. Take care, man. Bye. All right. Bye. The Prime Meridian. That's what it's called. I forgot about that. The Prime Meridian.
0: So I can get it in two-day shipping.
1: <laughs> I am tired.
0: That wasn't that funny. <laughs> you okay, Joe? I
1: already needed to cough.
0: <laughs> oh. You all right?
1: Uh, no. I'm dead.
0: Okay. Anyways, this is my show now. Um, So So today I made a spoon. I carved a spoon out of wood. Uh, I did... Yeah, so yesterday I was really depressed and I was yeah. trying to figure out how to fix that. And so I figured the way to fix depression is to try to keep myself busy so I don't have time to think about the depression. You know, push it to the side. So I, I wrote a got a little sticky <laughs> note and I I wrote down gestural studies, 30 minutes. And I put down, I wanted to do a 100 calf raises and 50 push-ups. And so I would just make little marks throughout the day as I did those things. And then I put a... Uh, but carve a spoon so i was like well this is on my sticky notes so i gotta carve a spoon now so i carved a spoon
1: so this is what i do when i die you turn the podcast into an actual advice podcast
0: oh it's uh i guess it is an advice yeah it's more of a uh play-by-play of what i did today but
1: <laughs> but it's but it's uh genuinely helpful tips on managing depression
0: yeah That's i don't good. always do that great <laughs> <laughs> good job jonathan speaking of sex stuff uh Alex, I, I asked him, uh, since he's a horror entrepreneur, uh-huh. or aficionado. A, a horror or a horror? A horror. <laughs> uh, what's, I guess, aficionado.
1: Yeah, I think we de- uh, we decided on sommelier last time. A <laughs> savant thing? Yes, but I don't think that describes what he is. Oh, I,
0: a, horror, a horror sommelier. Yeah. Uh, I asked him what movie to watch, uh-huh. uh, since I love horror. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically Creature (laughs) Horror. Uh Uh-huh. And he told me to watch, I forgot the color, the name of the, I forgot the name of the movie. The Color Purple? It was like The Colors of Your Body, which is a a horror film on sex. Okay. Like a sexual horror uh, film. Nice. And it wasn't free on Prime. When you said
1: it just then, I imagined it, I thought you said a sexual Hodor film. A sexual horror? Horror. Hodor, as in Hodor. You, you, the character from Game of Thrones. I haven't. I, you know, I don't watch that. That's...
0: I watched the first season. We're speaking of horror. The that first five minutes got me really enticed, and it made me think it was going to be a totally different show.
1: It does get more like that in the later seasons. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. There, there. There's a lot of political intrigue to get to get through in the first two seasons.
0: The first two entire seasons. If you could make me like a cut of just move the scenes that are like the first five minutes, yeah. I will watch all those twenty minutes. <laughs>
1: There's got to be somebody out there that's done that. Yeah. Can somebody link us to that, please? Uh, because that would, that would be pretty cool. I love all of Game of Thrones, like even the political stuff, but but that would be really cool to see. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, the colors of your body?
0: Yeah, I, I didn't watch that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I did watch uh, Dagon, which was a cult film
1: in 2000. Yeah. It's okay. In The Relic. <laughs> it's very hard not to make just dumb, punny dad jokes at, at everything. What were we going to say? Well now now I can't say it. What are you going to say? I I cuz it's even dumber the longer I don't say it.
0: What if I say the same Okay, I watched Dagon. <laughs> is
1: did, did they, is the night still there? <laughs> that was good.
0: <laughs> uh, the night is more there with Dagon.
1: Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah, so it's all night now. Well, he is
0: a deep sea uh, old one. Mm. yeah, so it is all night down there.
1: That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like that I've never thought about that as a reason for why the old ones prefer like the night
0: I assume it's because it's more like their natural habitat.
1: Yeah, it's like, all stars like being underwater and stuff Yeah, that's really I've never I've never thought about that before but that makes so much sense Hmm, it may not
0: be the reason why
1: but I mean it's probably just our association with the unknown and like darkness but, oh, it's a good point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's
0: a good psychology to it.
1: But the, but you could make that a canonical reason for for why those uh, those creatures only come out at night.
0: That is kind of the whole point of uh, cosmic horror. Yeah, it's a uh, fear of the unknown in a sense, mm-hmm. which you know you can't really know what you can't see. So that element of darkness and like the the deep ocean kind of plays a role into the psychosis of it.
1: This is officially the longest episode we've ever done. You can find me on Instagram at animals and on Twitter at Joseph R. Strom. You can find everything else I do, uh, my blog and occasional music and uh, just all the stuff from Plantastic Fanit at plantasticfanit.com. Uh, that's pretty much all of my my internet places. I do have a, a Twitch and a YouTube, but I don't really use them. Jonathan, where can people find your stuff?
0: Uh, if you want to see my old artwork, go to www. Those three W's, you got to type those in first. And then jdockal, D-O-C-K-A-L, .com. You'll see some old artwork. You it can might find work me. without
1: the WWW.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess people know to type in the WWW.
1: I mean, with my... You, you don't always have to. So maybe they should try it. Don't risk it. Don't they, risk it. Type the W's. Yeah, type
0: them in. Um, and then if you're on Instagram, you can find me at dockaljonathan or at dockaljonathan. I also sell jewelry, which... Which, use, which I use to help support myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So if you really want to help me pay for medical bills, you should check out www, the three W's, at, <laughs> I mean, dot, <laughs> <laughs> dot com. W-O-R-N-S-A-B-I, and if you use LFL podcast in the coupon codes, you'll save $10 for listening to this.
1: 10%, right? Well,
0: you'll save $10, oh, but okay. 10% of the sales goes oh, to, uh, Yeah, I get those uh, up. Goes to uh, <laughs> Pencils of Promise pencils for promise which is a uh, charity to help uh kids in a uh, less, de- less developed countries uh be able to get the uh, materials they need to learn <laughs> sorry words are hard
1: it's okay. they are hard <laughs> yeah check that stuff out yeah definitely go check that stuff out <laughs> You can find show notes for this and other episodes at lflpodcast.com. That's lflpodcast.com. I want to thank my co-host, Jonathan. Of course. And uh, thanks again to Nicholas for joining us. Links to most of what we talked about today will be in the show notes. As always, thank you everyone out there for listening to the sixth episode of Like for Like, Take Care of Yourselves, and remember... Uh, If you uh, (laughs) have canned pumpkin, Uh and if you have
0: oatmeal, Uh and cinnamon, Uh and an egg, Mm -hmm. put those three ingredients together, mix them up, uh, add water as needed, Mm -hmm. put that in the microwave for two minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, cover it, Mm -hmm. and cook that, Mm -hmm. and then uh, season however you want. It's delicious. And it's good for your nummy, body nummy, nummy.
1: You will like it Nummy, nummy, nummy in your tummy
0: Remember that Remember Remember,
1: remember that <laughs> Bye everyone some <laughs> hey, hey do hey. They're in Europe I think So to prepare myself I'm turning off the TV There ain't enough subtitles for me I'm learning to stay classy Hey, hey don't move Cause that's how to be when you're European That was good. Thank you for saving me. You're welcome.